0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the official first Sunday pod in about eight decades, I think. Um, you know, we said uh, I can't even remember when we said we we're going to bring it back um, after finals. Don't remember that. Um, but we're here. Part my testy pop. We're here. Ready to review and preview already in October. You ready, bro?
1: I am I am this is back to back to our roots back to what we started with doing the, the the previews pre-season uh we're still yet to do season reviews but it's probably my favorite my favorite podcast to record yeah look it's where the most opinions come out
0: yeah uh strap yourselves in cuz we're doing one team at a time this is going to run for quite a while we're not going to wait till the off season cuz we got too much to do in the off season um so yeah strap yourselves in Get yourselves ready for a Brisbane Broncos season review. We'll be doing these in alphabetical order, so we'll be having to wait. You have to wait to hear me talk about the Tigers for a little bit. For a little bit, but that's, you know, that's calm, that's cool. I don't want to really talk about it anyway, so we're going to kick it off with the Brisbane Broncos who are fresh of a grand final appearance. Unfortunately, a loss, but still a lot to walk away from this season happy about. 100%.
1: 100%. Uh, I think their expectations coming into the season probably weren't to make the grand final. I think everyone knew they had this type of ceiling with the um, style of football they're obviously going to play, bringing in Reese Walsh for tomorrow Martins. Definitely a, <sighs> something that you have uh, a lot more X-factor with, yep. especially um, in the fullback position. Uh, you still got guys like Ezra Man, Katoni, St- all those guys are X-factor players, and you knew they were going to mm. bring this style of play into the season. Uh, I don't think many expected them to do it this well, though. No,
0: nah, well, you know, I, I remember predicting them... You know, they were in the top four last year and then they fell off and missed the finals. And I think everyone was still a bit scarred by that. Um, And they were failing, you know, to give them the hype that maybe they deserved. But I had them around the 8th to 10th mark. Them there with Parra and Canberra, I believe, I had them around with. Mm-hmm. Um, that definitely in hindsight was a horrendous prediction. But you know, I think I think they would have blown a lot of people's expectations out of the water. I don't think even Broncos fans would have been projecting them to finish, you know, as high as they did and to make the grand final and to make that kind of run. I think, you know, even even if you took into account, you know, if someone told you Reese Walsh and Ezra Man were gonna have a huge season, you're probably still going, you know, ah Melbourne though and the Roosters, you know, they got Brandon Smith now. The bunnies, like they got all these superstars, so you probably still didn't have make in the grand final, but they they came a long way this year. They came a long way, and whether it's whether it's a stable thing, I mean, we'll get to that later. But yeah, they they smashed all expectations on them this season. I think.
1: Yeah, I think so too, and they they just kind of built momentum off their style. If you remember back to the style of the season, they were blowing teams out of the water. Mm. They did come up against some stronger sides, and they did struggle a little bit. Yep. because uh, they did have a really easy draw to start the season, but in the end, they just, they just, they addressed their weaknesses, and they started yep. to perform better against those top teams, and that's why ultimately got them into the grand final.
0: Yeah, well, I think you know that was everyone's kind of cloud over them, wasn't it? Like, can they play like against the big teams? Are oh, they no, the sharks of you know the sharks from last year? Is that the Broncos this year? This and that, like people had all their different expectations of them, but you know during this during the middle of the season, like they got a bit stagnant, I think, and that's where people started to go, here come the here comes the Broncos fall down once again. But bro, after Origin they picked it back up and just went on an absolute spree, and um, even during Origin they got some you know huge wins. Um, yeah, they just came home super strong, I think, and it, it really helped them going into finals time.
1: Yeah, and I think Reese Walsh started to get a little bit stagnant through the middle of the season. Yeah. After he played Origin, just a whole new world of confidence again. Yeah, exactly. Straight back into it. And I think Flagler finished the season very well after yeah. getting put into that Origin squad uh-huh. as well. So, I think that played played a big role in a, in a lot of players' confidence Yeah. Um, this season overall, not just on the Broncos. But, yeah, the, completely smashed everyone's expectations, so... I think I think they'd be quite happy with how this season's gone and they can just build on that Yeah, um, in the future.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, 100% right. And, like, you know, going into that, whether they were better at the start, as you mentioned, like how they came out and started blowing teams out, I think that was a sign of a young team that was going to come out and, you know, try and torch people from, from the word go. Um, I think they had a lot of confidence off of that Panthers win in round one. Um, I think they shocked a lot of people there, but... You know, for me, I think they were definitely better at the back end of the season. Um, they were able to rest a couple of players. They were able to ensure they're healthy um, going to the finals. And, you know, I think they really came into their own and they kind of found a lane of a way to, you know, attack as well as, you know, shore up their defence. Because I know a lot of people like Gus and, you know, all the analysts are coming out saying, you know, the Broncos can't go far in the finals if they can't make tackles. And, I mean, they come out in the finals and they concede, what, um, s- zero to Melbourne and ten to the Warriors, twelve to the Warriors. Like, I know they did concede twenty six to the Panthers, but I mean, a lot of teams held worse to the Panthers than yeah. twenty six. So, um, you know, I think they definitely shorted up their defense in the back end of the season. Um, and I think you know they kind of came together chemistry wise too. Um, I think you could see Stags getting a little bit more involved. You know, Reece Walsh popping up on the right a bit more than he was the left. Um, I think they just became, you know, they, they kind of loaded themselves with a few more weapons um, towards the end of the season. And I think that kind of stagnant origin period gave them time to get their boys in the origin camp confidence and then to bring them back um, ready to go and make a huge campaign to the finals.
1: Yeah. Um, another interesting weakness. Well, i say it's interesting to talk about. I'll get to that point in a second. But a lot of people um, coming for their errors. Yeah. Their low completion rate. Mm-hmm. Question I have for you is: Is it possible to shore that up when they play the style of football they play? Well, because we, you're obviously uh, going to have more errors with other teams when you play that style. Yeah.
0: Of football. Well, in in the first half of the season, I think you know that stopped them from getting some bigger score lines. Like, I think they put forty plus on the Tigers, and they they still made like thirteen or so errors. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they could have definitely put them to bed for sixty at the start of the year. But yeah, I mean. It does put you at risk, but then again, the grand final they made twelve or so, like and it didn't bother them. You know they were hanging right in there, and you know people, people will probably say yeah, but if they make those errors, they don't lose that game. But they lost that game to you Nathan know, Cleary. Like none of their errors or anything they were doing kind of made an issue of that. I think Carrigan had one drop ball, and obviously Reynolds had a few stupid plays, but I don't really count them as errors. Like like okay, Carrigan's is the error with the drop ball, but Reynolds is just like. I don't know how to define it, but to me, it's not, uh, you know, a clear cut error. It's like it can go any way. So, you know, I think they play a very on-edge style of footy, and I think it's a very almost immature style. Like, they want to try and score every five seconds, and, you know, that's what it seems like to the average fan. But, you know, I think they found that they can hang in those grinded-out games, and I just think the grand final um, didn't really reflect that. I think it was more just, you know, they were trying to catch out Penrith, See how they can attack them because they knew they couldn't get into the ground with them.
1: Yeah, um, there's also the argument in the grand final is if they're playing safe and limit those errors, do they score 24 points?
0: No, and that's that's the that, yeah that's the thing, right? Like, and I think they kind of thrive off the back of their errors. Like, I think it wakes them up a little bit because I think you know they can get into that showy footy kind of thing, get distracted. Like, oh yeah, we're lighting them up. Like, crowds on their feet. Then they make an error, and you hear the crowd go. Oh, I think it kind of wakes them up a little bit, brings them back into it. Um, And it takes a lot of resilience for, you know, a team to come out and do that. And I I think, you know, I think credit to Kevy Walters. I think he came out and did a tremendous job of making sure they they fixed that stuff up and, um, you know, making sure they were way more disciplined. Um, Obviously, you saw in that grand final their penalties. I think that was a big issue at the start of the year, their penalties that they were giving away, just lazy defense. It's short up. It's short up. Now, I'm not just talking about the grand final. I'm talking about kind of the last 10 or so weeks of the season. They weren't conceding many points. They were not at all conceding many points. So, you know, I think it's a testament to Kevi, um, for how he was kind of able to bring everyone together and get on, on board the bus. And, you know, you, I heard from a few people, like I'll say Den and Kemp, obviously, um, just being inside the change rooms, like they're not arrogant. They're more of like a group. And I think a lot of people took them as arrogant. Um, so if they can kind of keep that same energy going into next year, I think, you know, the sky's the limit for them. They just can't let it get to their heads.
1: Yep. Completely agree. And especially, I don't even think Wallace has had a contract for next year coming into this season. Yeah. He had his own players, like and Cobo, coming out and saying he's more of just a mate, not really a coach. So yeah, a right. lot of people there questioning yeah, his yeah, abilities. Yeah. 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 Um, even his own players, I'm sure people um, internally in the club as well. And he's just come out and, um, I believe, well, he's earned himself another contract. Yeah. And almost the coach of the year. Yeah,
0: well, there was Gamble as well. that came out and said the same thing about Kevy And, you know, I think for them to come out and have the season they did after all that controversy, like, that's the main thing people were pushing them down for. They're saying, like, how are they are going to come into preseason with the Cobo comments, the Gamble comments, um you know, there's stuff, talk about, uh, Reese Walsh potentially playing six, and Cobbo playing one, and like, all this nonsense, and I'm sure there was more stuff, like there was, off-field stuff with Payne Haas, um, where he was missing, you know, preseason. um, there was, a, there was a lot of stuff going on, and I, I feel like, the Broncos, you know, the Broncos did really well to bounce back, because I think a lot of teams would have folded, um, into the kind of pressure the media put upon them, but, hey, their footy did the talking man, and, you know, I think they lost something like six games all regular season, um, pushing for the minor premiership. You know, no one, no one thought they would be able to do that. Um, I just think it's, yeah, a huge testament to Caby Walters. Um, as much as people don't want to give him credit and kind of say, you know, he's, he's not even really a coach, I think he's more of a man manager, and I think that kind of came out this year. And um, I think the Broncos have found, you know, a really nice groove. I think they found that they're identity as a as a team you could say
1: yep 100% agree with you there's there's, there's not much more you can add to that um and they'll probably just build on it next year I know they've got a few losses coming in but we'll get to that later but that's
0: that's the thing right but you have a season like this like the Panthers did and it's like can you back it up and the Panthers have backed it up backed it up backed it up they've they've continued to show everyone that they can keep doing it after all the doubts, and that's what makes such a great team, and if you can keep bringing in new faces and, you know, replacing the big players with, you know, cheaper players, but players there to do their role, like, you know, you can still go on and win three comps in a row, like, I don't think that's an issue for them, um, I think the Broncos need to find a way to do that, because otherwise, I think, you know, their success may be short-lived, and I don't want it to be, because they're one of the more exciting teams in football, to be honest, but, yeah, I don't know, like. For me, they're gonna miss. They're gonna miss the guys that are leaving, and that could obviously impact the play of other people. Um, And I think you know we saw this season like they were able to step up in big games and pick people's heads up. And I just think maybe not having those characters, you know, around there for those tough games and for those games where you really need that veteran experience to pull you through, um, they may struggle a little bit.
1: Yeah, well, that's where they need to take that next step as a club because teams like Penrith. And Melbourne, and uh, over the years, even the Roosters have gone through that, yep. and they've been able to overcome that with you know some of their junior players and new signing, whatever yep. that may be. So I guess that's just the next step they need to take, yeah. Well, as a club,
0: and they have a huge junior base, right? And they would have realised that during this season, um, with the high raps and, and the way they they some of their players played in Q Cup, and even the ability of those like Mariner and Willison and Peacura and their ability to step into first grade, you know. Just so comfortably. Um, I think they've discovered a lot of new things about their club uh, as a whole, and I think you know it's it's a good thing for them to build off because I think in years past, you know, they didn't have much positive to go into. Like even in their year last year, where people were saying this team, you know, this team could make a push for the grand final, and they fell out. It was still a negative in the year. Like they've had a few negative years where they've been laughed at. I think this is their first year. You know, sure they get laughed at for losing a grand final, but. You made a grand final. You did really well, and everyone congratulates you for being able to challenge the Panthers like you did. And I think they'll just build off that, and it's just positive reinforcement for them. I think. Yep. With you. Yep.
1: Get into some player awards. Player awards. For the most recent season, All right. we gonna look back on our predictions, see how they went. Yep. Um, I've written down here MVP. Most improved um, breakout year. I guess you can kind of put them into a similar mm-hmm. area and I'm um, are most disappointing.
0: Yeah, okay. I'm ready, bro. I'm ready. I got my notes here. I got my notes here. All
1: right. MVP.
0: Mm.
1: I have gone for
0: Pain House. Yeah, I've gone Pain House as well.
1: He was just. I don't,
0: I don't think that's really a question, is it?
1: His impact in the middle was unmatched. You could say Reynolds because he was the one steering the ship. He was the game manager,
0: almost yep.
1: almost the only guy managing that game apart from Carrigan for the Broncos. But he was out quite a bit, and we saw they didn't struggle too much with Jock Madden in there, and uh, that just gave the edge to Pain House for me. Yeah, and the amount of work he does in the uh, middle is insane.
0: Yeah, I just think his durability has you know been a little bit tested over the last couple of years. Um, I think you know people sometimes thinking he's lazy. Uh, finding weaknesses in his game, like I really don't think you could find a hole in his game from this year. No, nah. I think everything he does as a front rower is so complete, and he excels at everything he does. Like I th- he's almost the best in every single category as a front rower. Yeah, um, and Doesn't even miss tackles. Even, at all. No, not at all. And even in the eye test, you know, the eye test kind of says, you know, that he's the best at everything he does: offloading ability, tackling ability. Um, you know, when he's in the clear, he's probably the hardest to stop. He's just a machine, man. and I, I think he's going to have an even bigger year next year now that he's got his extension.
1: Yep, and um, in in close games as well, he's playing 60, 65 minutes. Yeah,
0: yeah and he's well. willi- I, the thing is about Payne Haas is like he's willing to do whatever he needs to do to win. Like, and we saw that in the grand final, all the tough carries, all the big tackles. He was there every single time. And, you know, I think him and Carrigan are the two big leaders around Reynolds. I think they really set, like, lead by example, and they really, you know, set the standard for the rest of these young forwards coming through. Like, hey, this this is what you got to do to get to the top. You know, you got to do those little things, put in those 1% as while well, being the superstar.
1: Yep. um, We actually had him in our Dallium rankings. We had them second. Yeah. He was nowhere, really, to be seen in the NRL's ones. Yeah. So, I guess you could say a rate man. pass, a little bit higher than some of the other guys, but...
0: But to me, like, just... Like, I know everything's not around about stats, right? But pure stats alone, like the dude could've almost won the award. He yeah. was that good. Like I think he was very hard done by That's not a to even be close. As well.
1: that is a very hard feat. Yeah. So I think there's very little doubt. There may be some. You got guys like Reynolds and Walsh and all them, but there's very and Carrigan, but there's uh, very little doubt I think Payne House has to be. Has to be MVP in the Broncos, your most valuable player at the moment.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's really any other choice. I mean, you could go with, um, you know, you could you could go with Walsh, Reynolds, Carrigan, but I think Payne is kind of clear cut, and I think everyone kind of realizes, you know, the machine that he is, and you know, I think compared to the standards of the regular season, probably a little bit disappointing in Origin, but again, we're not taking that into account when we're talking about the Broncos. I'm talking about, you know, all 25 to 26 games he played this year. And in every single game he played, he was almost the best player in the park. Yep. Yeah. We're going to go to MIP. Most now, improved. Now, I, I I don't know, man. Do you think this is as clear-cut as I think it is? No. Who have you gone?
1: I did go race Welsh.
0: Yeah, so did I. So it is. Pretty clear-cut.
1: I did think guys like MAM were up there... Passes yep. up there, even though he was already a superstar. Oh, I think even Carrigan's massively improved, uh, Farmworth. Uh, but in, in the end, Reese Walsh went from a borderline top ten fullback, if not. I don't even know if you can say borderline, 10, bro.
0: Like, yeah.
1: To like, like it's a he, he moved to the Broncos on four hundred k. That that, yeah. that should say enough in itself. He he wasn't. Everyone knew he had potential but he wasn't anywhere close to the player he is today. He's come out, he's played origin. Yeah. And won an origin, origin series. Won an origin series. Yeah. Was good in origin. Mm-hmm. Um made it to the grand final this year. It was massive every step of the way for the Broncos. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think you can go past him.
0: No, neither do I. And I, I just think bro, every he stepped up in every single thing the Broncos lacked last year. Like tomorrow Martin's more of a passive kind of fullback. Reece Walsh is electric, hits the line hard and has probably the ball playing that tomorrow Martin has, if not better. Like, yep. I think he finished the year, the regular season, at least with nine tries and 25 try assists. Just just outstanding numbers. And not, the thing is, like, I find a lot of fullbacks can, can hard, you know, find it hard to impact the game if they're not scoring tries. Mm-hmm. And for me, some of his best games are when he didn't even score. Like, he didn't need to score to make an impact on the game. And... That comes, you know, without him being a Dylan Edwards or Gutho-type player where they make a ton of metres and they make the defensive plays. Like, he would finish the game with, like, three or four try assists and you're, like, far out. It felt like he scored a hat-trick. But he was just cutting the line open, hitting the holes, and, you know, we, he'd finish with, like, 130 metres, but they're all super impactful 130 metres.
1: It's very hard to stop as well because he'll start on one side of the play of the ball and as it's being played, he'll just sprint to the other side. Uh, yeah, it's and, hard to counter as a defense
0: yeah very hard and I think as soon as you try and draw up a defense for it Reynolds and mam are smart enough to find you know who's going to get that hole because the moment that that extra man steps out and tries to jam him or tries to make that read either someone's gone short through a hole. Or there's a cutout Fried ball Farmworth. and straight to Farmworth, right? Well, M.A.M. just goes himself. Exactly. M.A.M. So,
1: scored nineteen tries. I know, game. insane, that's cool. insane. That's I think it's high. one
0: of the high, uh, the highest tallies, four or five eighth in in recent years. Yeah, him, and
1: and, him and Trent Barrett are the only to do it in far the era. era.
0: That's crazy. Yeah, but that just shows you Barrett quality. was Dally M that year. Yeah. Wow. Far out. Yeah, that's nuts. Um, and I think you know Reese Walsh just did a really good job making everyone around him better. And as much as people love to hate him, I I really feel like he is probably the next face of the game. He is just nuts. And like, I was never really... The way
1: Volandis talks about him. Oh yeah,
0: that's next level bro. But, just like, even I went from like saying, okay, I think this guy's a little bit overrated to this is like, a proper stud like I'd probably have him two two or three in terms of fullbacks I, I
1: thought he was the most overrated player in the league yeah
0: I think we both were, I didn't think he was super overrated I just thought he was overhyped like but I the thought dude
1: scored like two tries for the Warriors and he was running for like 80 metres a game yeah. we're like what is he Aero doing error prone like I know the no Warriors defense. team wasn't that good but still and then
0: he steps back home and just explodes he just explodes I thought, outstanding year for Walsh, especially the Origin debut. I think he was unlucky to miss out on Australia. Re- we spoke about that squad the other day, but quickly, like what on earth is that squad? It's horrible, but anyway.
1: What would you have done differently, apart from the fullback?
0: Let's uh, not talk about that. We're talking about Broncos, okay. bro, but a lot. Okay. But, um, yeah, bro, I just think Walsh, his impact... Off the field too, like he brought a real big identity to the Broncos back, a real swagger. Like I know Payne Haas and Paddy Carrigan have kind of had that, but it takes a real throbber to really, you know, set the scene and say like we're here. And I think, you know, as soon as he stepped in for that Cowboys game, everyone was going, "Oh my goodness, this this guy's nuts!" Like, will this keep up? We don't know, but this has been nuts. And from there, I mean, he just didn't take just didn't take a step off.
1: No, he didn't. There was a few games where he maybe struggled a little bit against South and Parramatta, but fixed that up real quick. Yeah, for sure. Real quick. For sure. And, um, yeah, having Billy's vote of confidence as well over Ponga, who'd arguably been Queensland's best player the last few years. Yep.
0: Few years, maybe last series, but yeah. That
1: that would have done them wonders.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, we'll go on to breakout player because I feel like we will have different players here.
1: Now it's a similar. Well, they're very similar things. It's a similar thing, but the thing is, into... right?
0: Reese Walsh for me can't be a breakout player because everyone knew who Reese Walsh was. Mm-hmm. So he he's not bursting onto the scene and breaking out like who's this Reese Walsh kid? Yeah, that's that's like, what I'm thinking. Yeah, like he's a most improved player because everyone's going, okay, Reese Walsh, new start, can he meet the expectations? And he exceeds the expectations. Yep. But my breakout player is someone who, you know, if you really watch the NRL week in, week out, game in, game out, you would know. Um, and you would know had some form of ability. But they burst on the scene and now, you know, everyone knows him.
1: I feel like we could have the same player. Yeah? I went Jesse Arthur's.
0: Bro, I went Jesse Arthur's. <laughs> I thought you were going to say ma'am. No. I thought you were going to say ma'am.
1: No, I was close to giving it to Peer Yeah. Because I remember there are a few games there. I think I messaged you. I don't remember which game it was. I think it could have been the Cowboys one. I yep. was like, Pierre is going to be a top five yeah. in the second row one day. He I, I, he runs very good lines. He's very strong. But once Ricky came back, he just didn't get the role that he had yeah. for most of the time. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, even Carrigan was playing a bit of second row mm-hmm. uh, during the season. But Jesse Arthurs has come out, gotten rid of Corey Oates, who's been at the club yeah, for so long. Yeah, that was my so main long. factor. Especially seeing as, like, it was coming into finals that they made that and, decision And mind as well.
0: you, like, Corey Oates was a Origin winning winger last year. And I thought and he, almost he'd, top he'd be big for
1: Origin if he wasn't injured this
0: yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. And that's, like, he's knocked him off and basically sent him out of the club. So, you know, I think, I think, you know, you could go Ezra Mam as well for this pick, breakout year, like, burst on the scene, Daly M6 of the year. Could, again, be your selection, but Ezra Mam had really high wraps on him, like, coming into last year, and then to get his run this year, I I think a lot of us expected a huge leap from him anyway. Um, You know, people thought Jock Madden's coming in to take his place, I was like, bro, Jock Madden is not taking his spot. Jock Madden is not taking Ezra Mam's spot. But Jesse Arthurs, like, came back from the Warriors, I think everyone was, like, as I said, the NRL fan that watched the Warriors in and out last year. Was like, okay, this guy's alright. Comes back to the Broncos, everyone's like, where does he really go? They resign him. We're like, what's going on here? And then he just like the grand final was just outstanding. And now he's gonna play for Samoa, I believe. Like, yep. he's got a, he's had a huge year, and that's what I'm talking about breakout. Like, that's a huge breakout. If I told you last year that Jesse Arthur's is probably gonna start for Samoa in a, in a international, you probably would have been like, Who's that? Like, okay. He's probably just like a random squad player, but he's like outstanding. And I think he's got big years ahead of him. I think, you know, obviously get to it later, but I think it'd be silly to move him into the centers. I think that wing is really his position. And I think, you know, he he's done a really good job of filling that hole of Corey Oates and then actually going, no, hang on, this is my position. And, you know, Corey's going to have to leave the club. Unfortunately, I, I'm sure he didn't think that. But Corey's going to have to go because they got Jesse Arthurs now there and they seem very comfortable in playing him.
1: Yeah, and I know you mentioned it briefly there, but if you remember back to 2020, 2021, Broncos were horrendous. Yeah. And everyone's like, all right, they've got a lot of centers here. They've got Stags, they've got Farmer, they've got Arthurs. How are they going to fit? Tessie New was uh, playing in the uh-huh. centers sometimes. Like, uh-huh. How are they going to fit this in? They loaned Jesse Arthurs to the Warriors. And that was huge. And he was a center as well. Yeah. He played pretty good football at the Warriors. Yeah, I thought he was
0: decent enough. Decent
1: yeah. enough. Comes back to the Broncos. Everyone's like, Broncos would probably just let Warriors keep him. Yeah, well, I think we they were saying that too. Work, like, they they should stags, go and get him back. Like, we like, were just like, we're they should just go...
0: For? We were even saying he could be the Panthers, like, crime yeah. replacement. And, well, like, I mean, we were right to say that he could really grow into, like, a gun of a player, but... I mean, I didn't think he'd be this good. I thought yep. he'd just be like a good first grader. Well,
1: he could have spat the dummy there and gone, I'm not going on a lone move and coming back to Farmworth and Stags. Yeah, exactly. Could have spat the dummy, could have left the club, could have asked for a release, and I'm sure Broncos would have given it to him, but he didn't. Hung in there. Yep. Made the positional change to wing, and he's smashed killing it. Smashed it.
0: Smashed it. And I think him. a real meter eater too for his size, like he's not huge, but he put on a lot of muscle obviously this off season because it came back looking way bigger. Um. Yeah, and I thought, I thought, yeah, he was great this year, and yeah, I mean, I don't really have much more to say. I think he just blew my expectations of him out of the water, to be honest.
1: Yep, and so for Corey Oates as well, because he's been a a long a, time servant. Yeah, he was there through all the tough the times, like mm-hmm. through the tough and times he was there. He was playing good footy, mm. and then he got injured. Someone else gets a chance,
0: and not much you can do about that's it. That's just cutthroat footy, isn't it?
1: So, Jesse Arthurs. Both of our breakout players. So, so, we've got so we, we're three
0: for three. We're three for three. I don't think we're going to be four for
1: four. Okay.
0: I really don't think. Because I've kind of got a different kind of avenue for this next one. But I want to know who you are.
1: Who you are. Oh, mate. If we have the same player. Uh, my most disappointing player is Corey Oates.
0: <gasps> oh, my days. I thought you were going to say Corey Jensen. And I was going to say, no way. But I've got Corey Jensen.
1: What? I'm okay. glad.
0: Mate, Corey Jensen, if I'm not mistaken, has represented Queensland. And this guy's just broken his chair. He's just broken his chair.
1: No, nah, I just hit my funny bone, mate. Um, oh, my whole arm is dead.
0: Anyway, keep going. If I'm not mistaken, Corey Jensen was in line to play for Queensland a couple of years ago. Right? Maybe I'm... I'm, I'm smoking crack. I don't know. He never played for Queensland. What am I talking about? What am I thinking
1: of?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know, but oh, there he is in a Queensland jersey. There you go. Whatever. Anyways, Corey Jensen, I thought was gonna have a huge role this year. I thought potentially starting over Flegler, and I thought just a really, really good option off the bench. I thought he had a great year last year, and and it's more disappointing for me because I think his opportunities were kind of limited, given the breakout of Palace CRP Cora um you know marty's good form at the start of the season um flagler and Payne just killing it kind of zapped those minutes away like i think there was just a lot of things that went into him not getting a ton of minutes um and yeah like i think he he's such a better footballer than what you know he showed this year and i think with flagler leaving he's gonna get a huge opportunity to kind of step into that starting role and bro I I really like him I think he's a really solid player and he runs the ball really well and defends really hard and I I don't know bro there's just something I really like about him like if he was offered to my club I would take him I would take him he just works hard he's got a huge work rate and you know he's he's humble enough to sit back and say okay Payne Heiss, Fleglar, Carrigan you know Hetherington, uh, Marty like all these people Palacio you you can take your minutes I'm gonna just work hard when I get my chance, I'll play well. Like he had a few really good games this year, um, and I think you know he will get an opportunity next year to either start or come off the bench in a in a bigger role. And yeah, just for me, it was just disappointing this year because I I expected him to have a real career year. To be honest,
1: yeah, I hundred percent think he'll be back next year, especially with Flegger, Flegler out. Yep. Palisades is on his way out as well. Mm-hmm. Unless you're going to start Marty, which I don't think is going to happen. Yeah, Corey Jensen should probably get that starting role. Great. Um. Allows for some other props to come onto the bench, but I think 100% Corey Jensen for now. Oh, Fletcher Back is coming as well. Yeah,
0: which we'll get to later as well.
1: Um, but, yeah, I just went Corey Oates. I didn't really think there were many disappointing players this, this year mm-hmm. as a whole for the Broncos. They had a really good season. But, like we just discussed, Corey Oates just lost his jersey to... Uh, um, an origin player. Yeah. Origin level player just lost his jersey to Jesse Arthur's. Yeah, and that's not disrespectful to Arthur's. Yeah, it's not, but like... You come off a stint where you're an origin level player and you lose your spot. He got it back as well, yeah. just just didn't really um, didn't really regain traction. And they've decided come finals time we don't want Oates. Yeah, exactly. There. Even though Oates was the incumbent, yeah, and he'd been playing there most of the season. So
0: yeah, and I think you know maybe that's also potentially a salary cap move. Given they know they're gonna have to hand out extensions, but. You know, I still think for Corio to not be able to play his way back in and then to kick up a stink the way he did. He didn't really kick up a stink, but, you know, what he came out and said but in the media. You're on a club yeah.
1: right now that's premiership contenders. Yeah. They're not going to give you an outlandish amount of money to stick around, especially for a winger. Yeah. And Jesse Arthur's playing just as good.
0: And look, they're trying to push him into the back row. Like, they basically said the only way you would stay is if you're in the back row, so...
1: Yeah. yeah, I think he's gone. But that's the only reason I've said he's the most disappointing. I don't think his year was that bad overall in terms of how yeah. he played. I just mm. genuinely don't think the Broncos had any disappointments this year.
0: Yeah, it was hard for me to pick too. Yeah, really hard. Um, I want to move on to some strengths and weaknesses because um, we kind of briefly touched on them during the, the the you know season and the results. But some real but some real strengths like. For the for the Broncos, what are the strengths that they take in to next year, in your opinion?
1: I think they just run it back. Mm. They've got um, got, well they haven't three peated like Penrith, but they can kind of yep. act as Penrith. They've got this massive junior base, as does Penrith. They're losing players due to salary cap problems, as yep. are Penrith, um, and that's what happens when you're a good team. So I think they just need to run it back, play the same style. Um, that they have all this year pretty mm. much like Dean Mariner Jesse Arthurs they're players who can who can fit that style of play yeah Um. now Dean Mariner is not Herbie Farmworth yeah yet he could get to that level eventually in his career but mm-hmm. I get they are slightly different play styles Herbie's more of that big body that can crash over from anywhere whereas Mariner's more of like a Stephen Crichton type centre Yep. Uh, in his play style, but I'd just be running it back. Yeah. Same fast play style, they're still all young, and they'll just improve. The more they do it, the more they play together. Yep. I think, I think yeah. that's how they need to yeah. run it.
0: For me, you know, I've got their fast attack, obviously, is such a strength and an asset to them, the fact that they can play that fast for basically 80 minutes without their forwards or backs, you know, giving way. Um, I've got their unbeatable pack. Now... I know they lost to Penrith, but I don't think their pack got beaten. Like I know Leota and Fisher Harris were great, but I thought their forward pack was was much better than Penrith's. Not all, much better. Is that a stretch? No, not really. No, not really. I think Penrith won the game just through their pure experience. Mm-hmm. But no. yeah, I think I think the Broncos pack is like almost impossible to match. I think if you go into the game and say, "We're just gonna take their pack down and then we'll beat them." Like, you're not going to win that game. You're actually going to get pumped.
1: They can all play big, big minutes, and that keeps their bench guys fresh. It keeps you heavy yep. turns your Marty's your Fletcher Baker, if he's coming over. Well, he is, but if, if they decide yeah. to play him, yeah, yeah, gives them all rest, and those guys, fresh off the bench, going, gun skits. Yep. It's hard to stop.
0: Yeah, very hard to stop. I think you're right. and you like know, Carrigan for, can for play me, 80. Hey?
1: Kerrigan can play 80 in the middle, if they need him to. Yeah. Haas can play 60, 65. yeah Capewell, Ricky, they can go the whole game if uh-huh. they need to. Yep. And then you just got young forwards looking for a chance off the bench playing 15 minutes a game. Yeah. They're going to run as hard as they can for those 15 minutes.
0: I think they've got, you know, a real method to how they play as well. I don't think it's just like come out and just spew out points oh, yeah. everywhere. I think they do it gradually and, you know, that's another thing I've got here is just they can score points out of their own end. Mm-hmm. Like, how many times have they got themselves out of trouble by just, just by shredding someone out of their own hand? Mm-hmm. Running the length, grabbing a try against a run of play. Like you could consider that Ezra Mam first try in the grand final, or the, or the Flegler, Flegler one, perfect example. They could just march their way all the way up the field through line breaks. Jesse Arthur's made a line break. March their way all the way through the, the field, get up the middle, score. Flips the game on its head. Because then they're going like, okay, well we've just scored a long, long-ish... Like, we've worked... A long way out the field to get this try through a lot of adversity. Let's just go put a ton more points on. I think that's you know their driving factor a lot of the time, that, and the fact that they got that ability is just insane.
1: Yeah, the third is a mam try as well. Reese Walsh just cut him open. Yeah. down the middle. That was from their own end as well. Mm-hmm. Their ability to. Like you said, even if it's not out of tr- trouble, just to turn a game on its head. Yeah, ha- have it. Done it, could, in it could be a five, 12, 10 all, 10
0: twelve all, twelve or sixteen, twelve, and you're like, "Hang on, lads, we're hanging in there. Like what? we could get the Broncos, and then it's just like resource bang, Ezra man bang."
1: Well, you go back to the Dragons game earlier this year. I know it was yeah a long time ago. It was 18-18 all. Yeah, and and until then, about what? what was it 40, ago? 40 to eighteen, or was something. It finished 48-18 or something.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm actually going to find that. I think that Spend was about round 5 or 6.
1: 30 points in 15 minutes, I think it was.
0: Let me check. Round oh, 6 or 7. Oh, that was earlier was... in the season than that, wasn't was it? Was it? Maybe. Oh, yeah, 40 to 18. Oh, there you go. And they went, Cobo, 70. Walsh, 73. Ma'am 75. Walsh, 78. <laughs> Just nuts. Just nuts.
1: I remember that game vividly because Walsh had 8. I captained him. And he had eight yeah. super coach points and then <laughs> finished on like ninety eight.
0: Yeah, I think. Yeah, as I said, their ability to do that at their own end, I think, is one of their biggest assets and something not a lot of teams can do. Like you could even argue Penrith in their average game, they don't do that much. They are more mm-hmm. of a just roll you, tie you out. They're just super yep. clinical in front of their own line. All right, okay. let's go to let's go to some weaknesses. What do you, what do you consider a weakness for Brisbane?
1: To be honest, I think they just beat themselves a little bit. Mm. Um,
0: well, i got brain farts.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I did talk about how the errors could just be a, a like byproduct of playing the kind of football they do, yep. but sometimes there are just errors that like, they should know. That drop ball, you, you have to hold on to that. Yep. Stay down for a penalty, whatever. Uh, threw a stupid intercept pass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I, I like, I just think, yeah, brain farts is definitely such a, such a huge thing. And we saw that a bit in the Warriors game where Walsh comes out, throws a cut out. So yeah, intercepts it, goes on the field. Like, I think that's stuff that they've really struggled to handle. Um, and I just think, you know, that they just need to tone it down sometimes. Like, um, I think when, um, they get into the grind of the game. Like, they can just try too much. Like, they can try to be too, too tricky. And it often, it often kind of confuses them as how they're playing. Like, I think they just... And it causes them to make errors and they lose control of the game. And I think, you know, we said they can bounce back from that, but they still struggled with it. They still lost a lot mm-hmm. of games because of it. Like, Canberra really jumped on top of that. We thought the Storm would too, but the Storm didn't. Um Uh, yeah, man, I I don't know, I just think, for me, uh, just the brain fast, the low completions, I have stuck in the mud, Um, and basically what I'm saying is, like, they just get clunky sometimes, like, and everyone's trying to do too much, it's not everyone just doing too little, it's everyone's trying to do too much, like, Ma'am's trying to run both ways, dummy and pass, and Walsh is trying to come around the back and hit the cutout, and Herbie's trying to take the big meters, and Cobo's trying to come in and get his touches, and um Staggs wants to break a million tackles. Like, I think sometimes people can do too much and it, it, it forces them to be s- some, somewhat clunky. But again, they're all kind of minor weaknesses. It obviously didn't really matter to them at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, and they had a lot of these strengths and weaknesses the year before that as well. Yeah. When they were sitting in the top four for a little bit and then hmm. they did get clunky hmm. towards the end of the season. They made a lot of errors. the defense was poor. Yep. So, o- overall... Yep. I think they're playing the same type of football. I, I I think they're happy going from a ninth place finish to a grand final.
0: I think you're right. A hundred percent. But
1: they would have liked to have won it, but but they've still got time.
0: They need to put extra work in this offseason. Like they need to work on those completions. They need to work on those brain snaps. They need to work on being more settled and more composed. I think, you know, it's it could be a big issue if they just settle and say, look, we met a grand final, lads. You know, and we gave it to one of the better teams in the league.
1: A lot of teams do do that. To one of the biggest dynasties. That's what
0: I, that's what I'm saying. And then they fall off, you know. I think the Cowboys did that last year. You know, I think the Cowboys would have come into this season saying, oh, we've got a superstar roster. Yep. You know, and they come out and they, they're getting belted, 60 on them by the Tigers. I think the Broncos need to do the reverse of that and actually work like they've just had the year 2022. Like, they've just fallen out of the finals. Like, they need to get that fire back in them work harder, they can't just settle for where they've been at now making a grand final and saying, oh, we can probably just coast the regular season now, get to the finals, we know what finals footy is about. You can't do that. You need to come back stronger and you need to put the extra effort in. Especially with how some of these teams great. are building.
1: Oh, yeah. There's a lot of teams now that are looking pretty good roster-wise. Yeah.
0: And, and they're ready to pounce. Like, whenever their young guns are all firing, clicking, or whenever the whole roster kind of comes together, you know, these teams are going to fire and, like, you know, we're talking teams like uh, the Warriors. I think the ro- Warriors are right there, even though they finished fourth. Like, I think they're still there. I think the Storm are there. The Roosters are definitely there. Uh, the Rabbitohs, I mean, Rabideaus. let's not underestimate them, I think. But there's a lot, lot of teams, teams
1: as well that could surprise a few people. Like, the, I don't want to say Manly because it's going to But Manly's but, still
0: one. Like, they've been building. They the, just need
1: a couple of some years. great signings. Mm. Um, the Titans are bringing Des Hasler over they'll yep. have some um, have some guys back from injury like Bo Fermore, hopefully yep. they can get their back 5 working yep. uh, Brimson hopefully can put a healthy season together I wouldn't count the Cowboys out there still got a stacked team yep. <clears throat> uh, yep. Drinkwater <laughs> had me feeling like he might, might actually win the Yeah. at no. some stage through there which I would have been pissed with but anyway <laughs> still got Cotter Queensland 13 Tal Malolo like, their team's still stacked. Holmes, yeah. Talonni.
0: And there's even more. Like, we didn't talk about the Sharks. Yep. But like, the Sharks can come in maybe and have a bigger and better year and they can really fuel themselves off of what happened last year. And, you know, you've got a lot of teams that are building well. Like, you want to talk the about... Knights the Knights could the, stay there. The Knights could stay there. The Dogs and the Tigers, you know, maybe the patience finally mm-hmm. pays off and they come out flying. You know, similar to the Warriors of this year. Maybe they come out and just, just you know, defy expectations next year. Like, there's so many yeah. teams... Almost every team in the NRL capable of doing that next year, and that's why the Broncos Maybe. need to stay on their toes and they need to work extra hard. Make sure they're satisfied. Parramatta make well. sure they're happy, but that. they're not satisfied. Like they can't be yep. satisfied. They need to keep working hard and they need to use that grand final losses fuel. Yep. Which I think they will.
1: Yeah, I think so too.
0: All right, we'll quickly we'll quickly wrap up wrap up that season review with some disappointing and some. Uh, I don't know, how do you put it? How do you put it? You yeah, some disappointing and some not so disappointing. Some some players that exceeded expectations and breakout some players that failed to meet them.
1: Breakout is without getting the award.
0: Yeah. Oh, let's just let's just say that. I I'll rattle off I got five of them here. I got Walsh, who we we spoke about at length. I got Mam, who we again we spoke about at length. M- M- yep. I've got Arthurs, who we was our breakout player. And then I've got Walters and Palacier.
1: Walters and a 100%. Very positive.
0: I think Walters is a very cheap option at nine. We spoke about this on the, the Wednesday pod. Basically saying, like, we don't think the Broncos will change much about their hooker. Like, he is cheap and very, very good. Serviceable, very smart player. And then you've got Palacier who's off to the Titans. He's turned himself unfortunately, into well. Yeah, and he has worked very hard. It
1: wasn't always like that. And it's only really this year that and you, I've started to go, yeah. all right, he's, he's a good enough
0: nine. Yeah. And I think, you know, we had very low expectations for Walters personally uh, coming into the season. And, you know, he's completely defied that. And I think that's why he's exceeded all, everyone's expectations. I don't think anyone even had him as a starter a lot of the time. Yep. And then... We got Palacio, who seemed like every game he was run twenty times off the bench, making one hundred and fifty meters, and he's going to be a huge loss, huge yeah. loss for next year.
1: Yeah, I'll just 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 it in terms of depth. Yeah, really as well. Um, just I had I had Herbie Farmworth. Yep. I thought like he was already good, but I think he cemented his name as one of the best centers in the NRL right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Could be easily be considered top threat, I don't think he was quite at that point last year, and also contain- I think he's won. You think he's one? Okay. I'd have him two or three.
0: Who do you have above him?
1: Definitely Crichton and then Manu's
0: I would have Farnworth, Crichton, he... and then Manu.
1: Okay. That's fair enough. So we have the same top yeah, three. Yeah, we've got the same top three. Yeah. Um also Tony Staggs, not that he's in yep. my top three. Yep. But um He was definitely in my in my um thoughts. I think the big thing was Staggs this year's consistency every year he seems to come out and have a stretch of like five or six games and maybe one or two months of footy yep. where everyone's like oh how's he not in the origin team you have to make space for him he's one of the best centers in the game and then he just fall off Yeah, I think mean, he played may- maybe not to the level um, over six to eight weeks that he played uh-huh. a few years ago but in terms of consistency he's been consistently good for yep. them this year so can Staggs as well shout out to him yeah, just quickly You quick, could, yeah. could even say Jordan Ricky as yeah, well. Yeah, I
0: thought he was really good. He was really um, good this year. Yeah, really important. Um, just some players that failed to maybe meet expectations or players they usually do. Not many, obviously. Uh, I got Pace here, but he's got asterisk next to his name. Just kind of saying like, you know, he. no one really had a huge expectations for him, but I still think he had a really iffy season. Like I think he had a chance this year to prove himself as a utility player, at least. And I, I still think... like Obviously, I, Smoothie was picked ahead of him.
1: Yeah, I would have had him starting at the start of this year, with mm. the Walters. And I'd argue he was the fourth. fourth yeah. Fourth-string um, hooker for the Broncos. They played Moser over him in that Storm game. Yeah. Now, whether well, that's just because they'll throw all the young guns in, but... Yeah, I, uh, and Smoothie. they literally signed Smoothie. They had three hookers already, and they signed Smoothie because they thought, yeah, we'd rather him than Pash. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I guess I, I understand that. Yeah, that line of I thinking. I got I got Capewell too. Yeah, I thought I thought he was alright. He was okay, he but was just, he, he just did what he, he had to. Yeah, in my opinion.
0: And I've got Cobbo.
1: See, that's an interesting one. That's because interesting I think one. a lot of people thought
0: he was going to be one of the premier wingers this year, and. I know he earned his Australian cap, so congratulations. It's not a slide to him at all. Thought he could have been a let's say. Thought he could have been a bit more than uh, a try scorer and a, and a and a runner. Like he I just... thought he could have been, uh, let's say, like a topper. Like he could have been a lot more involved in what they were doing, or you know, I don't know, Dom Young, Dom Young. Greg Marzou, those type of wingers who come in, take big carries, make big meters. I thought he could have yeah. done a bit more of that and been a bit better defensively given he had a year of yep. experience.
1: Well that's that's the thing with Cobo, really. The totters and your better wingers in the game find a way to they obviously score tries, but they find yep. a way to impact it outside of scoring. Uh huh. And I think I think he's kind of thinking, all right, I'm a winger, it's just my job to put the ball over the line. Yeah. Because he keeps banging on about I want to be more involved. He doesn't get yeah. more involved from the wing. Yeah, exactly. So I guess the Broncos may think, all right, maybe he's been a little bit lazy, so we're not going to yep. move him into the set. Mm-hmm. He even said at the start of the year that he might play fullback and Walsh might play six. That's never yep. going to happen now. No. So he just needs to get himself more involved. I thought he had a brilliant start to the year. I thought after Origin, after Origin probably won, that's when he dropped off. Yep. I uh, know he had, I think it was a hip injury. Yep. Uh, but I don't know how much that's affected him. But yeah, yeah he he definitely fell off towards the end of the season. Yeah, compared to guys like like Watana Zalesniak, Dom Young, like mm-hmm. they they had decent starts of the year and mm-hmm. they just kept going. They they yep. got stronger as the season went on, whereas he went down. Yeah, and I think those
0: wingers kind of set an example for what we want Cobbo to be. And I think this is just about him making the conscious effort, and even his teammates getting him more involved and encouraging more. Because when he does get involved, he's outstanding. He's making two two hundred 250 meters. He's yep. scoring doubles and hat tricks, and yep. when he's got that drive, like he can be good defensively. But sometimes it just feels like he just makes really bony head errors, and and can put them into trouble. Like I feel like if yep. he can get that out of his game, then he can take a big level up as opposed to what yep. he did this year.
1: Well, all the best wingers in the game are uh, they, they they get involved. Yeah, in the game outside of just scoring. Like right now. Sarka had a breakout year, DWZ had a, a resurgence year. Yeah. Um, like you said, Dom Young, Greg Margie, all the best, all the best wingers in the game this year. Mm-hmm. And I'd argue most years are heavily involved in the play. Yep. Apart from, I guess you could say, um, Alex Johnson. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I agree with
1: you. So, the equation seems simple.
0: <sighs> yeah. Is that a lot for you? Yeah. That's a lot. So, That'll do us for the first half of this pod, lads. That is the Broncos season review done at fifty-one minutes. That is, look, we're no bloke, but we we try our best. You know, we try our best.
1: Well, our longest podcasts were always at the start when we did previews, yeah. and we'll just dribbling. and that was just previews. Yeah, I mean, we'll probably go more in depth as the off season goes on, mm. uh, especially after trials when it's about to start. And like more signings have been made, et cetera. Yep. So yeah, we're only just getting started. All right, let's jump in
0: to the Broncos' 2024 season preview. Now it's a little bit early, I know, but as we continue to do these, they will get closer and closer to the start of the off-season or slash preseason. Um, so tell me, tell me. Broncos, season preview, right? What what losses do they have? And how big are they to what they did this year?
1: Herbie Farmworth, um, obviously going to the Dolphins, I think, like you mentioned in the... Uh, a, a lot of pods, actually. Herbie Farmworth can get the ball close to the line and he can just power over two or three guys. He's that big body... Uh, he's tall, uh, strong. Um, I don't want to sound like villain. he's talking about Walsh here. So I'm, I'm going to stop there. But he crashes over the line like that, and you've got an experienced guy like Capel there. I think that had massive effects on Ezra Mam and yep. how, how he was able to just cut cut defences open because a lot of them would have been looking for that short ball to Herbie or out the back to Walsh. So it kind mm-hmm. of just allowed Ezra mm-hmm. to catch him off guard a little bit and uh, really open open up his running game. So I think that could be quite a bit of a loss, especially for that left edge. And he's no slash defensively either. Yeah. So I know the Mariners got huge wraps around him, but he's he's a much smaller body and has a different play style. So we'll see how it works out for well, him there. Yeah.
0: Well, I think they're gonna miss these these guys big time. Like Herbie Farnworth, his tough carries out of trouble. His defence is outstanding. Oftentimes their most consistent player, I would think. Mm-hmm. Him paying Harris Carrigan. Um they just makes some huge plays. When they need a try, he gets it. When they need a big defensive effort, he makes it. He's always there for the big moments and he never shies away. And I, I love everything about Farnworth. I think his game's taken a big leap this year. Um I think, you know, Marinard is a different type of player to Farnworth. You know, he's yep. more of an electric X Factor kind of center where I think Herbie can be that and also do all the dirty work for you. So I think it's going to be a big, you know, spot to fill for them. Um, but, I mean, we'll just have to see how it goes. They can obviously develop Marino into the kind of role they want him to play if it is going to be him. Yep. Um, unless they go down another alley.
1: Yep. Um, Tom Flagger as well, probably the second biggest loss of this team. You spoke about their unstoppable forward pack. Flagler's a Queensland centre. Yeah. up centre. prop. <laughs> Yeah. You got Payne Haas and Carrigan to worry about Mm. who can run two hundred metres a game easily. Yeah. And then you got Flegler as the third the third forward running and on his day he can run two hundred as well. Yeah. Well I think it'll be it'll be a massive loss, especially like as kind of their third third man.
0: Well I think just in terms of his experience too, like having played at the origin level, um you know, having played in the grand final now and played in the final series and having also been there through the spoon years, like I think his experience in terms of being a Bronco and what it means, you know, and the culture that he probably carries around in the club, I think that's going to be huge to replace um, in terms of Flegler and Herbie too. Um, And I think, you know, his relationship coming up with the other boys um, through the ranks, I think, you know, that's just, that's just natural chemistry. You know, that's not something you can really work through team bonding. That just happens. Like, and, I think they're gonna miss him a lot. You know, his aggression I think a lot of times fired them up during the games. I know he'd do some stupid stuff, but he really toned that down this year. Yep. Um and really focused more on his footy and, you know, I think I think he absolutely killed it. And I think I think that's another credit to Kevy for, you know, encouraging him to keep a cool head and I think yeah, he took big strides in his game this year, probably a top ten front rower in the league now that they are losing. And I just think when Payne Haas, you know, when the teams are targeting Payne Haas, they had Flegler to make those big carries and big aggressive runs. And now they're not going to have him. And I think, yeah, they're they're really going to miss him for that yep. reason.
1: Yeah, 100% agree. And Canaan uh, and Palisella, the last loss, the last real loss. Of, I th- I, th- um, I
0: don't think this is... Look... It's not as big okay, as okay, Herbie th- and Flegler. Okay. I don't think right now... This is going to be looked at as some extreme loss, right? They're gonna be like, ah, oh, it's Palacea, yeah, he made a lot of meters off a bench. But they but they can bring someone in like a Hetherington or a Jensen or a, oh, yeah. a Takura to replace him on that bench. That's fine. I hundred percent agree. Wait until we're three years in the future and he ah. you're running at a pack for Palacea, Fodowaker, Malawi, Fafida, Furmore, and whoever, whoever may come through. It's
1: ridiculous
0: that's when you're going to be regretting him because he could still be on a cheap deal and be playing the best footy of his career and it's not going to be for you. And I've seen that far too many times in my club. And you just sit back and you're like, wow, if we had him, given that we knew Flagler was going too, we would be, you know, potentially in a much different spot or we would be even better than we are, now." Yep. And, and I, I, I don't, think... Yeah, yeah, you go.
1: I don't think when the Broncos let him go... He wasn't, don't, wasn't yeah, a massive... Yeah, he didn't have a huge pile, role. He wasn't, wasn't really making the 17. In
0: hindsight, then never letting him go. Oh, yeah. never. And these three guys that they've let go, I think these are the three big... Almost for one club specifically in terms of their losses, I think these could be three of the bigger losses this offseason. Oh, In yeah. terms for a club. 100%. Like, in terms for a club. I'm not saying Palacero or Flegler a bigger loss to You know, the Broncos and then Crichton is to Penrith. I'm not saying that. I'm saying for the Broncos, those three players going is going to have a huge impact, I think, on how they play next year and how they go into next year.
1: Like, just think about that pack. Like you said, Fodder Waker, if you want to start Tino at Lock, you can have Mm -hmm. Palacea, Fodder Waker, Furmore, Fafita, and Tino as your pack. You got Isaac Liu off the bench. He's still around the club. Um, you know, you've got, got the, young forwards in yeah. Klese Haas and Isaac for Sul that uh That's huge. Josiah Pahulu yep. coming through as well. He's um, Queensland under-19's representative. Yep. like The Titans' pack is looking great. And then you look at their back line, Jaden Campbell, Cam Pereira, Brimole being there somewhere.
0: And I think the main thing for the Broncos Ooh. is... The main thing for the Broncos is, like,
1: I mean, we're getting too much on the Titans. Yeah, so, I was gonna uh, say.
0: For the main thing for the Broncos is like they've strengthened a direct rival
1: twice, three times, and not, uh, And it's not
0: like they've given them to the Bulldogs or the Tigers. They've given them to one team that was claiming Suncorp is their home stadium. They've now got two of them, <laughs> and like one team that plays not too far from them. Like these guys have gone to other Queensland teams. And would our strength and Queensland rival clubs, like I think that's just such a huge thing for their culture too and the way teams are going to be able to play against them. Yep. So I think, yeah, they're, they're two big losses. They're three... Two, sorry. They're three big losses Two obviously, to the Dolphins, one to the Titans. I think the Broncos are going to heavily miss a lot of the work that those two big boys do and obviously all the stuff that Herbie does behind the scenes.
1: Couldn't agree more.
0: All right, let's because we know that they've got three big losses, right? We know Flegler, we know Herbie, we know Pallis, all big losses. Who's going to fill their shoes? Because for a team like the Broncos, a lot of their system operates around these star-studded, experienced kind of players. So who are they going to put the pressure on? Who are they going to give the keys to really go and, f- you know, lace up and play the role or play their new role, like Kenny did with Coruscant, for example, of, of these players? Who's going to fill that hole?
1: Well, let's talk about the props first. Uh, Keenan Palisar and Tom Flegler, because obviously they're in a similar boat as two yep. replaces, and one's just going to be on the bench, one's going to start. Yep. As for Tom Flegler, I think it has to be Corey Jensen. Um, he's played Origin before. He's a proven yep. NRL starter. <laughs> he didn't
0: actually play Origin, bro. Oh, I he's in the Origin squad.
1: Is, was he? Well, you just said you bro, saw him in know. a Queensland I, don't, I don't
0: know, bro. I don't know. I had this vision in my head that he played Origin. Wikipedia. I'm actually going to have to go find it now, you're right. Go
1: find it. Anyway, He's a pro- at the very least, he's a proven NRL starter. I mean, you've got Fletcher Baker coming over. Um, he's been sitting in Roosters' reserves for quite a bit of time, so I don't think you can throw him into a starting role.
0: He's selected for Queensland under-18s.
1: Well, except... Um, yeah, I don't think you can throw him into a starting role on a team that's competing to win a title, basically. Yeah. Um, you got Marty Tapia there, but he's doing so well in that. Just come on for 20, 25 minutes and just tear up. He's mm-hmm. doing so well in that role. I think he proved at Manly a little bit that maybe he wasn't up for that bigger starting role uh, at this point in his career. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then, oh, so I think Fletcher Bay could take Palacir's spot. Mm-hmm. And um, Corey Jensen probably takes Tom Fogler's. But you could also say that maybe they just... Bring Marty back into the seventeen.
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely an option. That's but then you know, Fletcher that, Baker, that's yeah, kind of spot. Yeah, that's but that's kind of the way I've gone about what I've said. Um, for Flagler, I've got Jensen replacing him just for experience reasons. At least at the start of the season, I think Jensen will be the one that replaces him. Yep. Um, and then for Palacios, I have got Hetherington because I think Hetherington can come in and play those big minutes um, and take those big runs. I think he's got the motor to do so. But technically, in the technicality of who replaces him, it's Marty or Baker. I don't think Baker's a walk into the seventeen at all. Um, no, I think he'll definitely have to fight throughout the preseason to to get into that place, for sure. For
1: sure. Yeah, it'll come down to preseason one hundred percent. But yep. I think the favorite has to be Corey Jensen for the starting role.
0: Yep, and it's probably Marty
1: for the other bench role with Hetherington and Baker. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I agree with you, and I think. I think we're on the same page with a lot of these things, um, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I think I think Baker is a good get, considering how cheap he'll be as well. Um, and I think he just offers, you know... Just offers that bit of depth. Just offers that depth, that bit of, you know, cover over the positions. And I think, yeah, I think he's a good asset for them to have, yep. to be honest. All right.
1: Now, Herbie Farmworth.
0: Herbie Farmworth. This, this is the one I think a lot of people are uh, 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 a bit perplexed about to be honest um, I've got Dean Mariner I know you've got Dean Mariner um, a lot of people think Arthurs some people think of hoita some people think Oates comes back in what are, you, what are your thoughts?
1: Look I think Oates is yeah. done, and done. So I think Jesse Arthurs has to stay on that wing yep I've got Dean Mariner the only issue with it is he's predominantly played right side centre Yep, but I know coming into the NRL, you can't really pick and choose which side you're going to play. And yep. Yep. let's say he gets that left center role, everyone will know him. Oh, okay, he's played left center for his whole career. Yeah, no one's going to be going back to oh, yeah, he played this in juniors. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, no, no one's yeah. going to go back to that. So I think it'll go to Dane Mariner. Yeah, uh, especially after the way he performed um, in the few games he came in this season. Yep. Um, the other option is have Mariner on the wing and Selwyn Cobo. That's something so that a no, lot yeah. of people have been yeah, talking yeah. about. The upside I can see to it is Selwyn Cobo could be that bigger body that Herbie Farmworth was, and it could help kind of their attacking system. Uh-huh. But I just don't think he has it defensively. Yep. And I think Arthurs and Mariner on the wings, are, especially with Walsh at the back as well, they've got a very small back three. Yep. And um, a very. Oh, I'd I'd still say inexperienced back three, especially yeah, for a, a finals.
0: Push. I think I think Herbie offered a lot of stability too, which I think they're going to miss a lot. So I think that's why a lot of people are leaning towards maybe a combo or pushing Arthur's inside and then bring Oats back, something like that. I would personally go Mariner because I think he fits their attacking needs, just with that speed and his creativity. Um, and I think he's willing to sit back and really just play his role. Um, I think him and Reese Walsh. You know, you think Herbie's quick. Wait wait until you see this bloke link up with Reese Walsh. Like I think defence defence comes with experience. Um I think he can develop into a really, really nice starting center in this in this competition. Um I just think he needs time and they need to be patient with him. But yeah, he's definitely my early pick to replace yep. Herbie out there.
1: Yep.
0: Alright. Let's move on to their gains. Now they've they've only got they've only got one. They've got one. G- they've they've got one game. Uh, Gotta be
1: honest, it's just a depth signing.
0: Yep. Yeah. Might
1: know. get. Might get a. Might snag a bench role. Yep. Won't be a massive one, I don't think. Uh huh. That's all I've got to say on it, really. Yeah. I don't think it's a massive loss for the Roosters. I don't think it's a massive game for the Broncos. He's a decent player. He's got potential to turn into a, a good NRL player. Probably yep. not a superstar, but. Yeah, I, I just see it as a depth signing.
0: Yeah, to me, it's a it's a kind of save money type thing. Yep. Um, I think they did need to save money. I think they like. I think they did need to save money. I think they went out and made the right moves to accommodate that. Um, and I just, yeah, I think you know he's shown definitely shown flashes of the roosters that he can be something quite good. Like a, a, in, a in a week in week out as a first grader. Um, I think he's just got a really hard working mentality. And I like the way that he fits how the Broncos play. I think, you know, he can get a good stint off the bench of maybe 15 to 20 minutes, work his way in, and and hopefully, you know, can sort of pencil himself into a starting role or something similar to that. But I'm not going to put any promises on him having a huge role for his first year and definitely not in the first couple of weeks. Um, First of all, obviously, have to see how preseason goes. But for me, I think there's still a few forwards ahead of him in that pecking order, Uh, just due to the fact that they've been there during this, this run. Um, but I think he will be a very good squad player for the long run.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any more you can really add about their gains. Uh, yeah. So we'll get shot on to their best seven team.
0: Yeah, for how, sure.
1: How are we playing this if we're Kevin Walters next season?
0: Um, For me, bro, I, don't, I just don't know. Like, I just don't know. Um yeah, like, I think there's a, definitely a few ways they can go about it, and I haven't really put one on paper, so I'm going to kind of do this off the top of my head right well, now. Well, I'll
1: tell you, more. and, and I'll, you can just chime in. You,
0: you can read yours, and I'll put mine together while you talk. All I'm right. not going to, I'm not really, I'll listen to you, but I'm not going to be influenced by what you say.
1: All right, cool. My fullback's Maurice Walsh. Speaks for itself. The other options, Cobo. um I mean, we don't even need to talk about other options. I know they've got Tristan Saylor there. He's a promising... Promising guy is probably not going get, to get a run because he's just got a, a young, electric, one of the best fullbacks in the game uh, in front of him. So no doubt in my mind, Reece Walsh is going to be the fullback. Uh, I've got Jesse Arthurs to keep a spot over Corey Oates. I think Corey Oates may be on his way out. He does have a player option. Um, so I think other clubs will be looking to snap him up. So I think it'll be Jesse Arthurs who they have very signed till 2026 and uh, probably sell on Cobbo again, which means Mariner and Tony Staggs be the centers. No doubt about Ezra Mim and Adam Reynolds are going to be um, the halves. Uh, my starting props, obviously Payne Haas. And then, as I said before, Corey Jensen with my nine, Billy Walters. Uh, my second rowers, sticking with Capo and Jordan Rickey, Uh Locke, obviously, Carrigan. My 14, I would give Blake Moser a go. I think Tyson Smoothie's been decent, but I don't think he's a game changer that like Moser could be. Uh, he's already being compared to the likes of Cameron Smith. He looks looks a little bit um, more like he'd dominate the ruck. A little bit more than just kind of that serviceman. Uh, so I'd have him as the 14. I think that suits their style perfectly. I think it, despite losing to Melbourne in that game, I think that really helped them out. And then I'd go Piakura, Hetherington, and... Um, who did we say before? Why, why is this? Why is this slipping my mind? Baker, no, not Baker, Marty. Marty. Yeah, on the bench.
0: Okay, so for me, I've got Walsh, Arthur's Stags, Mariner, Cobbo, mam Reynolds, Jensen, Walters, Haas, Capo, Ricky Carrigan, Moser, Piakura, Hetherington, tapu
1: Also oh, got the exact same time.
0: Yeah, I think I think Marty. Um, you know, I don't know. I know he's got a deal for next year, but I think they'll definitely bring him in to start the year just for that experience. I think they're gonna need that at the start of next season, given all the changes. Um, but for me, you know, not not sure he's still the Marty he once was. I think he provides a good shift off the bench, a good stint off the bench. Um but for me, just a really solid depth front rower. Um, you know, some of some of the boys on that bench weren't getting too many minutes anyway, so there's not too much to stress about there. Um we've both gone from Mariner in the centers. I think we're both pretty sold on him. Um, even, you know, we kind of spoke about him at the start of the year saying, you know, when's he gonna have his big break? Uh we you did a huge review on him. Um There's a few options of fourteen though, and we've both gone Moser, right? And that's cool. We've both gone Moser, but for me, I'm looking at, you know, a few other players that could potentially be picked up in this in this jumper and I think that's Josh Rogers. I think that's Tristan Saylor. And I think Smoothie could get another crack for sure. Yep. I think it's 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 more open than people are saying. Um you know I think people are making out as if you know, it's, it's Moses jumping to lose and, you know, it's just a matter of time until Moses comes in and Moses, like, but Moses still needs time, like, he's only our age, not to dox ourselves, but he's only our age, like, he's young and he's got heaps of time ahead of him, like, there's no need to rush him, especially when you've made a grand final with Billy Walters, like, there's no need for you to push super, super hard for him to come in and make a debut, like, I just think he needs time and he needs patience and he needs a lot of guidance um because there was a few games like where he wasn't the greatest um but i think i think you know he still brings a lot to the table for the bronx and i think you know he's definitely a player worth giving a crack for sure um i think he's the best option there given you know maybe the i don't think sailor's really suited to be in a 14 um you know i think a lot of a lot of people carry a 9 now so that's kind of what more people are looking at uh, and I just, yeah, I just, I just feel like there's still a lot of ways you could go about with this bench and m- mess around with them, and some people might even argue Peacocker starting over Cape well.
1: Yeah, well, Peacocker, uh, to me, looks like he's going to be an absolute beast. Yeah. So I, I definitely wouldn't be against that. I think probably give it another year or two, mm-hmm. and that'll be what they go towards. Yep. Um, they're gonna have. A little bit more of a salary cap squeeze, I imagine, yep. coming up as well. So, I think that'll be the point where they go, all right, Peter Kira's got the signing role over Capewell. Yeah. Let's just look at Capewell here. When's he signed to?
0: Um, I mean, I guess we'll move on to contract situations. Yeah. Right, uh, we'll move on to our contract situations topic. By, by the
1: way, it's 2024. Yeah. So, give it one more year. Yeah. Capewell could be on the outer.
0: Well, that's, that's what I've got down here. He Next year is his last year. Uh next year is capable as last year on the books for the Bronx and I think maybe moving towards Pier being a cheaper option, maybe that's the way they go. Yeah, and um, they've got some
1: good good forwards coming up. Yeah, they've the got years. great
0: forwards coming up. Um but for me, I think Reynolds still not having an extension. Um you know, I think that's I think that's a big thing, you know. I I know it's pretty much lined up and he's gonna be there forever. Um but he's getting older. They need to settle on an amount before they go into negotiations with Ezra, Mam, and the likes, and Walsh, obviously.
1: I would, I, I would be keeping Ezra, Mam, and Walsh future. I'd be sorting that out and then see what we got for Reynolds. Yep. If we don't have enough, maybe we look to the market for another one. I don't. Think I just don't got think any... they can let
0: him go though. Like they don't have another seven. And who? <laughs> yeah, they'd who, have to who, go to the market. And who's their successor? Like who's his successor? Because we don't know how long he's got left.
1: They go after a foggity like Well, this, then, that this was not just in my head. Ben Hunt.
0: Yeah. But then Possibly. again, like that's kind of pivoting and just standing still. Like it's not really doing anything because he's older than Reynolds if not the same age, like
1: And probably yeah. wouldn't take less money.
0: Yeah, so. exactly. I mean it depends. He does want to go back to Queensland, so maybe maybe he would. Yeah, maybe we'll see how goes. they work it all out, really. I think while Shamam are in for big upgrades. I
1: I, I think, yeah, Walsh and MAM are getting... Apparently MAM's getting offered near a million. I think that's that's, a little bit reactionary. That's crazy. Uh, Walsh will be up near a million. But um, what I'm looking at here is they've got a lot of decent, like, glue guys that are off contract come 2024. Mm -hmm. So I think there's going to be a massive roster change after next year. For example, Mm -hmm. Reynolds here. Walters hasn't been re-signed. Now, I'm not saying they're not going to re-sign any of them. But like they've got a cap squares, some of them will be going. Pierre yep. needs to be re-signed. Um Hoter, uh, is, is it Hoter? Is that Hoy- how you Hoyter. It? Hoyter. Um he's a good depth player. Ezra Mam still needs to be done, as we said. Jock Madden, who's your backup half. Jordan Rickey still needs to be re signed. Kurt Capewell hasn't been re signed past then. To Powell, another depth player. They've got a lot off contract on twenty twenty four.
0: And they need to sort that out. And, like, they'll go to the market, too, to get to try and get some pieces to fill in the gaps. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they go about this cap squeeze because we saw Penrith do it very successfully.
1: It's just their Penrith uh, junior system. Oh,
0: it's just Penrith. You've got
1: to, the Broncos will have to invest heavily in their junior system to be able to do what Penrith have done. Yep. That's why the salary cap has changed. Like, there's no three-peats anymore. Well, there yep. is now. But just because Penrith did it that well, it's very hard to replicate. And it could just be going out to the market, getting cheap deals like mm-hmm. Baker, yep. turning them into decent players for when y- you need yep. need them to step up when that, these other big players head.
0: And as a big team, like they got to be able to do that for next year, and they got to be able to work out like, okay, who's going to play a big role, and who who should we be driving that money to? And in this in this current NRL era, you need a world class spine to win you a comp. And I think keeping Walsh and Ma'am. For the next ten years or whatever they they'll be playing, like yep. that's super important. Rather than you know focusing on being cheaper and offering them cheaper deals, I'd go all out, give them what they're being offered by other clubs, and then and then manage that cap around them because I think they're two real cornerstone guys that they need um, yep. for the future. Hundred percent. All right, we will crack in this this little preview is going on quickly, but we don't know much about Broncos. Uh, we've still
1: got trials, we've still got, yeah. like, heaps more news to come, that's what I'm saying, it'll be a little bit more in-depth as yeah. we go on.
0: The, uh, we we don't have much... Whoa. What was that, bro? Someone um,
1: hitting the fence with the ball? <laughs> um,
0: Off-season targets. Off-season targets. Now, we spoke about them needing cheap players, so I've gone and put down cheap players... Did you have anyone particular in mind before I start rallying some off
1: mate no I really didn't I <laughs> like they've got they've got the depth there they've got the young, the juniors there I think it's just about waiting and seeing what opens up yeah over this season seeing if there's any players that could potentially um want out of their clubs like, yep. I don't think they can go after like a Connor Tracy I don't think they'll have the cap space for that but yep like the point stands is we don't know who's going to be available for next year. Yeah, you can look mm. at their contracts, but all the times there's stories like um, players wanting out of their contracts, wanting out of their club to get a go. Well, they pop up and, randomly, don't yeah, they? Well, all one, the time. No one thought Ben Hunt was going to ask for a release. I mean, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, Tracy, Kyle Iro, Iroh, like, all these guys wanting to leave their clubs now. Yeah. Um, a lot of the guys Manly let go were still on contract. Like You don't know who's going to pop up when. That, that that's the point I'm trying to make there. So I reckon they just need to sit around, see what opens up, yep, and um, get some depth players in. Yeah.
0: So I've got four, I've got four names. I've got four names. I'm going to start off with the one that people are probably least interested in. That's Taniela Sudrugu. Um, Cowboys have told him he can leave, and think like as a project player, like similar to Penrith are doing with Alamodi, I yep. think he would be outstanding. He can play centre. He can play back row. He can play front row. I think if you're talking about them needing a versatile depth, then he's definitely an option they can look right at. And, you know, he wouldn't cost much. You could probably even get him on a, you know, train and trial reserve grade type deal. Um, Then get it done. Like, he's good to have over the origin period. I think he showed, you know, real highlights in the the preseason challenge. Yep. Um, And think, you know, if you want to start getting back at your rivals and, you know, trying to show them up for the players you've lost, like, I think players like him, big bodies, hard workers, you know, people that want a shot at, at reserve grade and they want to play at the top tier of football. I think he's a great option for them to pick up. Yep. Um, I've gone Lachlan Lamb, who's been in the news today um, about potential NRL return. This is only because you know the only real six option, if Man were to go down, is and Ro- Madden and Mad Madden Madden and Rogers. Saylor we'll play a bit of six? Sailor can play six, but for me, a fullback. For yeah. me, he's a fullback and without him at fullback, then you're struggling to like fill in other options and you're on cobble, you're rearranging your whole back line. So I think you bring in Lachlan Lamb, who's had a great year over in the Super League, come back with a ton of confidence. Like He could be in a similar Cogger situation where on a really cheap deal for a one-year stint to prove himself, comes in, smashes it um, in the games that he needs to, he can even play a four-team role off the bench. And just think, you know, you get him at the right price and he can be a really productive player for the Bronx um, yep. coming into their upcoming season. And, you know, it means if Ezra Mam obviously could get picked for origin, potentially could get picked for origin, um, it's hard to overthrow Munster, but potentially could be there. If
1: Munster's injured... If, the, if Munster's injured, if he's probably he's and,
0: probably right there. So um, I think he's a good option to have. I understand Josh Rogers played well in his debut, but... I think Lockie Lamb coming off the, the year he's had and the confidence he'll be bringing back and, you know, knowing that he can sort of be the guy that can win win a team a game, like, I think that would be a big thing that they can bring in for good price. Yep. I've got your beloved Sean Keppy.
1: <laughs> Keppie Chino.
0: Um... Obviously, looking to be offloaded by Manly, that's come out saying that they've said he's free to leave. He's going to Tigers. Um, well, it looks it looks like it might happen, <laughs> but it hasn't happened yet. But he's on a good length of a deal on good money. Like, and it's something they don't have really have to touch and can offload if possible. Like, there's yeah. there's many suitors for him. Um,
1: he could actually get a run in the team. Yeah, well.
0: and I think he would get a run in the team. I think he'd be a great option for when Marty, you know, eventually yep. either has a dip in form or, you know, decides to hang the boots up. I think, you know, he's a really good option for over origin period. I think he can come in and do a similar job to Palicia. And I think the Broncos, you know, the way they're turning out forwards at the moment, like, he's a, he would be a great pickup, especially on a good deal. Yeah, I think he... Could be a great depth signing along with Fletcher Baker. And he's young. You know, he's youngish, 23, 24. Someone that you can take into the future as that kind of he know, gives it backup depth well. prop. Yeah, and he wears his heart on his sleeve. He
1: has a little... He, he can get a little bit hot-headed at times. Or yep. maybe not hot-headed It's the right word. He just comes up with some stupid plays. Yeah. Uh, whether that be an offload. Usually it's taking someone's head off accidentally. But yep. uh, yeah, apart from that, he, he's, he's a quality player. He's a quality player. And he started for Manly for quite, quite a while.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, you know, what? I've come around to it that I would take him in the tall deal and I think he would be a good player for a contender. Like, I think that's the kind of aggression you need to bring into the game and maybe yeah. he can make up somewhat for what Flegler's leaving behind.
1: Yeah. And an issue is Man- with Manly is he's almost expected to be that, that guy in the yeah. pack. Especially when Paseca was injured. Yep. So it's just not where he's at at the moment but for a contender simplified role Sim- done.
0: That's and we said that about Marty too when they brought him in. He was incredible when they when when he was first playing. So yep. I think Kepi again a really good option. I've got, I've got one more option, and that's Brent Naden. Yeah, I think Brent Naden would be really cheap. You'd probably get you get the Tigers definitely paying at least fifty percent of that salary. Um, wing or center. Wing center can cover fullback if you need him to. Um, obviously, Falletti and Toa, I think will come into their own this year. Um, and just cement themselves as regular starters. And then they have other options like Kapua, um, who they've looked to over Naden. Uh even Tupo slotted into the centres and you know, they've put someone else on the wing. Yep. So he's kind of on the outer. They've even got Riley's ahead of him. Yeah, even moment. Riley I would say is ahead of him. Which I the disagree
1: moment. with by the way, but I, I thought Naden was pretty quality. Yeah, so did but I yeah, it'd be a good pick up for the Broncos. Yeah,
0: I think he would be awesome for the Broncos. Very experienced player too. Um has won a comp. At Penrith, um, can be a bit hot, headed too, but is a veteran. Can lead you know the outside backs around at training and just a great locker room guy. It seems like I think he'd be a great get, and I, I think a chance for him again to play winning footy. I think those are the environments he thrives in. Like he's been in the Bulldogs and the Tigers in the last couple of years, hasn't really been able to show what he's got. But I feel like he's one of those players where he gets in a situation where he can win and play really impactful footy. Like even over the Origin period, then I think. You know you're looking at a really, really, really solid player. Yep. All right. So off-season targets done. We've got three more to go. I know it's been a long pod. Thank you, boys. We really appreciate you, boys, for hanging with uh, boys and girls for hanging with us today. For hanging in with us. We've got three more early predictions, and then we'll let you we'll let you on your way. Okay. So first of all. Who's your who's your MVP who's your
1: MVP? Gonna go Walsh.
0: For the twenty twenty four season.
1: Gonna go Walsh. I feel like he further improves. Uh-huh. And I think given the losses of Farmworth, uh, Flagler he almost he already is, but he one hundred percent becomes the focal point of that attack. Yep. And I think he'll he'll take to that role very good, like he I mean, I've questioned him. Going into almost every single role because Broncos, uh-huh. he's not going to be that good. Mm-hmm. He'll be all right. Queensland, really over Ponga? Yeah. Like, every time I question him, he seems to just, he's just out absolutely smash it. So, I reckon he'll go on and he'll be the most valuable player at the Broncos.
0: I've gone one step further. I think he'll be the best player in the game next year. Oof. I think this grand final, everything that happened with the whole your mum, your mum thing... People taking the mick out of him. People making fun of his performance. I think he's going to come back a different beast. I think he's going to get another arm sleeve. Oh, he's going to be full-on inked out, bro. He's going to be looking proper nuts. He's going to be wearing the Pity Vipers every game. He's going to be on that time, bro. And I think he's going to come out and win the Daliam. Here, I said it. I think he's going to win the M next year. I think he's going to come out, sweep the awards at the Broncos Awards. Night. I think he's going to go absolutely nuts next year. I think Queensland will again win the series. Calling it now. Uh, as a New South Welshman, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna go skits. Am I allowed to say that? I don't know. I think he's gonna go skits. I think he's gonna. You talk about 25 tries this this year. I think that'll go over 30. Uh, you talk because they're gonna need him to do more without Herbie and without yeah. all these boys, right? And that 9 tries is going to about 13. Yeah. I think he. I think he could have over. I think he could have. Fifty try contributions in a season because he's just that good.
1: Just under two a game, I could say.
0: And I think he's got—he's definitely got the ability to do so. Yep. Um, I think we know we've seen Cody Walker get close to those numbers, seen a lot of players get close to those numbers. So for me, I think Walsh is going to take a huge, huge leap next year compared to the leap this year. It'll be a bigger leap next year. His defense will improve. His just his game IQ will improve. His game management for the back will improve. I think we'll see an even more complete Reese Walsh next year.
1: Yep, agree. On to the breakout player.
0: I'm showing a lot, a lot, a lot of love for this guy on this pod, Corey Jensen. <laughs> I think he's Look, he's, he's going to go into Origin, an origin player. <laughs> yeah, he's going to. going to finally prove my point that he's an Origin player. I think he will be in contention. we just yeah. no ball. I really hope so because this <laughs> this might be one of the, one of the great predictions of all time. But I think Corey Johnson, Corey Johnson, bro. Name I can't even right. get his name right. Corey Jensen will have an Origin type year. I think he'll average over 130 meters a game, tackle at 96.4 plus percent, <laughs> and he's going to score a couple of meters, bro. And I think he's going to be a huge meter eater. I think he's going to be the Mister Consistent for Brisbane next year. Aside from Paynehurst and that, because you can't call him Mr. Consistent, because they just do the same thing every week. It's actually boring. Um, Yeah, I think he's going to have a huge U. um, Similar to the Big Red, maybe, in terms of, you know, kind of putting his name on there, on the the map. Big Red, obviously, he had a great season this year. But I think, you know, he can definitely get in there um, and make a name for himself about 50 minutes a game in the Broncos' front row, similar to Flegler this year. I think he can... Get close to the production that Fleg- Flegler was providing that earned him an origin spot as well.
1: It is hard to break into that Queensland. Four he's, pack. Got it, bro. he's got it in him. Okay. He's got it in him. All right. My breakout player is going to be, I was going to say Jesse Arthurs again because <laughs> I genuinely think he'll turn yeah. into a much better winger yeah. than what he was this year, even though he's already my breakout player. I've got to go Ezra Man.
0: Ooh. I thought you were going to go Dean Mariner for sure.
1: I have gotta go Ezra man. I, uh, uh, Dean Marin is tempting he's tempting <laughs> but I'm, I, I'm going I'm going Ezra Mam. I think this will be the year he finally solidifies himself in that group of five eights yep with, uh, in contention for the best in the game you got your Monstar you got your walker your Dylan Browns your Luiz. Mm-hmm. I think Ezra Mam's gonna join that wow group. that's a big call. I think he's going to join that group. He's going to have a similar season, oh, well, a similar season in terms of quality yep. as what Dylan Brown was producing at the start of the year. Yep, and I think he's really going to make that left his. with fine worth out.
0: Look, bro, I don't think that's I don't think that's the worst take I've ever heard in my life. To be honest, I oh, I, no I do bro. think he had his superstar moment in that grand final with the bit of sweetness of scoring a hat trick and losing. Yep. And I feel like looking back in that photo of him crying is going to be like. You know, that villain arc that everyone on TikTok goes on about. I think that's going to be that. And he's going to come out and be an absolute monster next year. I think he'll be working on kind of getting his try contributions up, getting more assists, still scoring the same amount of tries, just improving his output. And, yeah, I think he could go skits next year as well. Yep. All right, last one. We've got one to watch player. We'll get more. These could change. Just, just, Just a disclaimer, these could change before we do our official previews who is your early one to watch?
1: 100% it'll change after trials because everyone overreacts to trials. Yep. Yeah. But to me, one to watch is a young gun that's going to burst onto the scene. I just yep. think Dean Mariner's is going to have that chance mm-hmm. more than anyone else. Blake Moser was in my thoughts. I genuinely think he'll be the 14 next year. And I genuinely think he is one to watch. But I just think Dane Mariner getting that starting centre role in a premiership contender as a yep. explosive rookie who's... Got high raps on him. I, I think Dan Mariner has to be the one to watch.
0: I've not got Dan Mariner. I've I've again bro, I like being different. Alright, this whole pod we've been talking Corey about Jensen. Corey Jensen. We've been talking about Fletcher Baker. But there's one man that I think everyone should be watching. Watch out for this name. Ben Takura. I think there's that Oh, okay. There's that spot opening up. A big preseason. We've seen the Broncos aren't afraid to use the young boys. Pause. They're not afraid to give him a crack. And I think Takura could just be that. Oh, I think he big could. Goal. I think I think he could. I think he could. It's a big call. I said Willison last year and uh, hey but I did say Terrell May as well. I said stop playing with me like that. Um but, yeah, I think Takora could play a big role. I think he really could. I think, you know, you've seen the Panthers do it with Lindsey Smith this year. We've seen teams previously use young forwards off the bench. You know, Storm had Tino in the grand final at 19 years old. Nuts. And I think Takora, honestly, with the raps on him and his frame, like he's NR already in terms of his frame and his body, gets his mentality there and has a big preseason. And I think he's there from the jump. I think you're gonna have a huge I year.
1: I hope he is because I've had high raps on him for ages. Mm. I just think he I, I do just think he's one more year off.
0: Yeah. Well that's why he's one to watch. He may not get to play this year. He'll definitely play in the in the non in the origin rounds. And trials. And trials. 100%. But he's one to watch over this off season in terms of whether he can jag himself a, a bench spot or a forward spot. Yep. Oh my days. All oh, my days, we're there. We made it. We talked about the Brisbane Broncos for an hour and a half.
1: It's gonna be like that for all. Come the on, bro.
0: That's that. Wait, give it to us. That is nuts. I
1: remember back to the glory days. We talked about Lockie Miller for half an hour.
0: Bro, that was that was big, bro. At the time, now yeah. trash. But um, yeah, lads and ladies. I really want to get a super pod out, man, but, you know, your boy just doesn't have much time on his hands all the time, bro. So, you know, I'm going to make sure I can try and get those super pods out. Jared said he's going to try and jump on some more. Just heard him say it then. Um, but we're going to try to bring you as much content as we can. Fill your schedule up this off season, Because I think, you know, once the NRL dies, the Pacific Championships, you know, they kind of fester out. It's going to go quiet and that's when we're going to pop up and it's going to be like, oh, who are these fellas? You know, who are these handsome fellas? Um, but we're going to try to have a big, they big know off-season. Ball. Huh? They, they, know, they know ball, bro. We know ball, all right? So you got to tell your mates about it, share our pods around, please. Please. Because we, we really love doing this. Um, we put a lot of effort into to it for you. And um, we really appreciate all your support. Please share the pods around. Please spread the word um, about our pods, about our content. Um, We're going to start getting back into the IG and that. That's going to happen. Don't you worry. Um, But yeah, we're really trying to grow this off season. This is really a a time we could take advantage of it. And we would just really appreciate your support. Um, Liking, um, you know, listening, rating, following on Spotify, helping us just to grow on every, every single platform that we're currently on. um, And help us really to work, work towards our goals that we have for this pod. So, this will be a big off season for us. Um and we'll be putting as much work in as we can for you boys and girls. And yeah, I think I think they does I think that does it for our first our first review. Absolutely. I think it does it, lad. So you stay you stay blessed. You keep going. We will see you on Wednesday for the Raiders. The Raiders, the Raiders. And the Bulldogs. The Ra huh?
1: The
0: Raiders and Bulldogs next week. No, it is the Raiders. Raiders and Bulldogs next week. We'll see you then. Stay blessed, stay safe, and have a great weekend. Love you, boys and girls. Of course, I kept forgetting to say that.